everybody, and welcome to the Mike O'Brien Show. I am Mike O'Brien in Boston, Massachusetts, with my amazing friend and co-host, Jeff Taylor, down in Orlando, Florida. How are you today, Jeff? I'm doing quite well. Thank you for asking. What is the temperature, Jeff, down in Orlando, Florida? You know, I don't know the answer to that question, but I will tell you this. It's between 90 and 100. 90 and 100 that's what it's so so the past two weeks it's finally down to like 75 now and it would spend 98 and the worst part is it's muggy as sin in boston as well too and and once it gets back down to like like uh um high 70s low 80s you're like wow it's kind of cold it's weird how it goes from like you wish it was just 70 something and now you're like well maybe 80 something because it was so g-darn hot the past couple well you know mike when you get in the water and you stay in the water for a while Mm -hmm, you get mm -hmm, used mm -hmm. to the temperature of the water and then when you get out of the water you think man it's really cold out here and then you get back in the water and it feels even cold when you you jump in the hot tub and then you jump in a pool and you're like wow this pool is freezing (laughs) sorry i didn't mean to turn into voice guy there but i felt no i felt compelled to do so that was an amazing Voice. Hey, listen, listen, you uh, you you got an air conditioner, which I know is unnecessary in the city of Boston outside of the time when it's 90. A window in the unit, a window yeah. unit. But everyone what, has window what do you think the odds of that thing coming out of the window? are? I guess in the winter it's going to have to because it'll be like negative oh, yeah, 30 yeah. in your room. No, yeah, I'll take it out in about November, I'd say. But my biggest fear, of course, is everyone's fear is it just falls out of the window because when you get it, I get it. And it's just like, has anyone ever properly installed a window unit air conditioner because with where you screw it in and there's side no if you've ever done that you you're just i don't know you're you're mr follow rules i'll tell you this much no guy in boston named michael patrick o'brien has ever put one in right no no i put it in there i slide the damn sides back there's still you could still it's not, you know, properly sealed, but it gets the job done. It's it's cold in my my room, except when I asked my roommate to turn it off. He just told it to minimum cool. And I, it didn't really work last night because I didn't realize it was on minimum cool. But we're good now. It's, That's what it's I nice. am. It's cool. I'm minimum cool. You are. You are. <laughs> you are fan only cool is what you are. Yeah. Yeah. So when it's so hot. We had this week in Boston, Massachusetts at Fenway Park, the amazing concert of Joan Jett in the in the in the Blackhawks. Is that what they're called? I don't even know. Blackhearts. Blackhearts. That's right. Uh, Poison, Motley Crue and Def Leppard. And they played Friday and Saturday, Friday and Saturday night. And it was like a billion degrees. And it was a long started at four. And I was one of those things whenever I I just love going to stadiums no matter what the, even if i don't really like the concert or the game i still want to drink 12 dollars bud lights i want to sit outside i want to be around people and people watch and going to a def leppard molly crew poison joan jet concert would be the ultimate 12 dollars bud lights and people watch experience so give me the it, highlights give me the highlights of what you saw so while i was working my last tour i'm a tour guide in boston my last tour was uh, I got out about 7.30, and we're about a 15-minute walk from Fenway Park. So me and my lady friend purchased $40 tickets that were, earlier in the day, like $150. They're, they're still pretty far away. Fenway Park's an awful place to watch a concert. The sound system sucks. You're really far away from the, the, uh, the stages in center field. And so when you sit in the stands, you're basically like a billion miles yeah, away. See, I would argue with you. I missed an opportunity to go see Paul McCartney 
at Fenway while I was there for the finals. And I told I told the guys that I was with, I said, I'm not sitting in the stands. My feet yeah. are touching the outfield of Fenway if I'm going to a show there. And I think that the experience is probably really, really good if you're in the field. Yeah, I've never been on a field for a concert. That Paul McCartney concert, that's why me and Steve Kerr are now best friends. Yes. Because of the, the traffic, because of that. But uh, yeah, I want to go to that Paul McCartney, but same thing. I didn't want to sit. If I could go for like under 50 bucks, I'll sit in the stands. I'll drink the beers, whatever. But Mac Paul McCartney was not under 50 bucks at any point during the day. I and ended up paying on $80 field, for on the field tickets. You went to it? I didn't go. I gave my oh, ticket to one of the oh. other guys because I was tired. Oh, wow. You should have given it to me. I, well, I, I mean, I, he paid me for the ticket. Would you give me the 80 bucks? Probably. Yeah, I should. I should have sold it to you. Yeah, I would have gone. Thanks for the invite, best friend. Jesus. Well, I mean, it was a last minute decision. So I miss Joan Jett. I miss Poison, which Poison was the number one band that I wanted to see. I love Poison. And I think they're way better than Motley Crue. I think they're way, way, way better than Def Leppard. But so the two nights... The first night, which I didn't go to, was when Motley Crue was the headliner. The second night was Def Leppard. They did a two-hour-long set. There should never be a Def Leppard two-hour. The last, the last half hour was the bet was only. I, I couldn't only disagree I with you more. If you're a Def Leppard fan, they definitely have two hours worth of material. I am not a Def Leppard fan. The last half hour was great because I knew they played "Pour they Some Sugar on Me" and "Photograph", photograph and all of the songs and, that you know. Yes, exactly. But so I was a little disappointed, but it paid 40 bucks. I had like seven Bud Lights. It was fantastic. And just seeing the people as I'm dropping a golf ball, just seeing the people around the, as we're walking down the street, going towards Fenway near Jillian's, there's this like 90 pound dude. And the, the concert's been going on now for like three hours being dragged by this gigantic gigantic woman just she's just huge they're both just red drenched with sweat on god knows what i mean literally should have called an ambulance on this guy getting dragged and and my lady friend just looks at me and is just like this is going to be a complete and utter s show and i was like that's why we're going and then we go to our seats there's just this dude sprawled out over four seats with his shirt off just ripping he has two butts in his hands just ripping double two butts fisted at the same butts time. double fisted butts with beer cans just all over him and i'm just like hell yeah this is why we're here right now i think there's that guy some, was there for joan jett yeah probably he was there he was there the, the second the doors open when he wanted all the 12 dollar bud lights and then there's this guy in front of us whenever i go to these hard rock shows which i love going to there's the people who are there who just get effed up and they don't care about the show they don't care about anything they're just there to wear their american eagle flag shirts and show off their tattoos and have their their wraparound sunglasses and just have a great time and then there's the guys that like i'm not drinking anything i'm here for the music i love vince neal and there's this guy he looked exactly like eddie from stranger things and he's air drumming the entire time i took a video of him and he was just like this and he's like probably 25 and he just loves every aspect of this and i just like oh it just was so wholesome to watch some guy who was just like he's not only is he sober but the bands are sober which when i tell people that i saw def leppard motley crew and I have seen Poison before, and people are like, oh, that must have been awesome. It's like, yeah, but it was when they were sober, so it doesn't really count. Like, it's not as fun. But no, no, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't take a time machine back and see those bands now. I mean, they were <laughs> when when they were they the shows were probably the worst because they were all hammered, but yeah. the vibe was much and, better. 
vibe was much better. They're showing boobs on the Jumbotron. There's no boobs on the Jumbotron at Friendly Fenway Park last night. I was very upset about that. And if there were, they were not the ones you'd want to see. They were not the ones. They were, oh my God. These like 60 year old women dressed like they were still 18 with their poofy hair. They've got to pull down their pants instead of pull up their shirt. They've got to pull down their pants for you to see the nips. It was insane. Just, uh, just the looks where I just loved it. I got a Def Leppard concert T-shirt from a guy outside for twenty bucks out of his pants, which is the only way you should ever buy a shirt outside of a concert. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. It's just, it's so ridiculous. I just still can't believe that they basically sold out Fenway Park two nights in a row of these and selling out football stadiums and stuff. Where I just, I don't know, Def Leppard to me is just like. If it was just Def Leppard by themselves, if I wouldn't go for if you gave me free tickets, I wouldn't. have. Well, it's Def not Leopard. Def Leppard by themselves. But let me say yeah. this. The thing is that if you look back at us, our when we were young, we wanted to see Led Zeppelin. We wanted to see the bands of our dad's age. Well, that's what yeah, these kids yeah. are doing. So you have a, a good mix. You have enough people. Because you've got your fans from back in your day that have, you know, passed their prime, but they're still going to come see that show. And then you've got the kids that are wanting to live in that era that are coming to see that show. So they can fill up a football stadium. If you only had one of those things, they'd be playing, you know, Bob's Bar and Grill. Yeah, they couldn't have done it 10 years ago, but they would do it. Absolutely. Do it today. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the nostalgia factor is much bigger for that kind of music now. Like yeah. I know I know my my brother-in-law and my sister went and saw that same show here and uh, their nieces went with them and they're in their early 20s and they were all geared up to go see Poison and Motley Crue and they know the songs and they were so excited about it. Well, I mean, that clearly isn't their stuff, but I look back and I'm like, that's what I would have done. That's what I did when I went and saw Robert Plant. Like, yeah, people were I mean, at I've me never like, seen I've seen the Rolling Stones. I saw the Rolling Stones. And do you know who opened up for the Rolling Stones when I saw him, uh, saw him, saw them in Foxborough? Guess who their opening, the opening Foo Fighters. act was? No, it was Kanye West when wow. Gold Digger came out. It was Kanye when Kanye West came out. There's literally ten thousand people in the arena, and it was like at his height of just like the when he when he went up and over. Like it was when Gold Digger came out, when everyone's like, "Oh, this guy's here, and he's here forever." Like in ten thousand people were in the arena. It was so funny. I don't know much of uh, his music. I know him more for the off the field antics. I yeah. also went and saw a concert, not as big named act as uh, you did, but I went to the House of Blues with a couple of my buddies and saw the Molly Ringwalds, which is a British eighties <laughs> cover band. And I will say, oh yeah, I will say this: they were fantastic. The only knock I have on them is that they played a Van Hagar song. And said uh, it was Van, Van Halen, and I was like, oh, I get it, that's late 80s, but at the same time, if you're going to play Van Halen, and the guy had the voice to do David Lee Roth, do yeah. Jump, do yeah, do, yeah, do something, yeah. do Panama, do something that's Van Halen, not Van Hagar, but... A lot of people uh, dressed up. There was a there was a whole section of Ghostbusters all in their Ghostbusters suits. Everybody was dressed <laughs> up 80s. I didn't dress up. I think that's ridiculous. I'm almost 50. I don't dress up even on Halloween at this point in my life. Did they have did they have seats set up for that? Because I saw Eminem at House of Blues and there was no seats. And this was no. when Eminem first came out. No, there's only seats at, at, at House of Blues when you're in the Loge. And that's where we were. Oh, okay. I sat the whole time. Actually, I was in Myrtle Beach where I saw Eminem. Doesn't matter. But I would go, all, but I would House go down Blues, there. They're, they're all the same. They're all the same. Yeah, they're all the same. But that's, I love going, 80s cover bands are the best, especially, I mean, if you're playing at the House of Blues as an 80s cover band, you're you're legit. Like, you're, 
you're amazing. I saw a Guns N' Roses cover band. We're walking by Harper's Ferry in Brighton, Massachusetts, which is now Brighton Music Hall. And we're just like drunk and like, oh, let's go get drinks in here. And we open the door and you hear Axl Rose in the doorman's like $20. And I'm like, why am I spending $20 to listen to you, a DJ play Guns N' Roses? And he just kind of moved because the guy was like an offensive lineman at BC or something like that. And he just pointed to the stage and I just see this guy in the kilt doing the snake and i'm like here you go and just put down 20 bucks right away here's like, 40 be, yeah <laughs> like this is gonna be the greatest effing night of my life and it was it was orlando has great uh, pleasure island when i was down there which isn't pleasure island anymore but it's where the house of blues is they would have great cover bands all the time there. like those people make their lives doing cover bands at down in orlando we saw them uh many years ago i saw a michael jackson cover band and they did all the way from jackson five tribute, and tribute the, band tribute yeah whatever <laughs> i mean they were covering the songs it was, it was a cover band yeah but they're 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 amazing it's a it's amazing how talented like you, these people are probably going to berkeley and and distinguished guitarists and singers and all this stuff and it's like what do you do now it's like oh i'm in a backstreet boys cover band Ooh, is there a backstreet boys cover band that would go there's over gonna like, be absolutely that would go over awesome right now if you are a a 22 year old kid looking for a gig that's a singer get three of your buddies together how many people were in the backstreet boys five, five. but it doesn't even Four matter. Of your you buddies do, together like how you're doing went to the 80s cover band you go to a 90s cover band but they're boy bands and they're just singing in sync backstreet boys new kids on the block 98 degrees they're just singing all those boy band songs but they're just as a boy band we should stop what we're doing right now we should get together audition people and we will be the manager we'll be the who was the creepy guy who went to jail for all the boy bands mike o'brien in five no, years no, if no. we do this <laughs> who's the fat guy lou perlman yeah we'll be the lou perlman of of the uh 90s cover well bands, i so. have i uh, you i don't even have to do cover bands i could probably go down to disney or and universal studios and do exactly no what he did and pick up those kids and say i'm gonna make you famous get them in a recording <laughs> studio find songwriters i th i have that all at my at my disposal right now but the difference between me and lou perlman is that i know that i shouldn't be hanging out with little performer kids in a dark studio at night and that's why i'm not in prison and that's why you don't have as much money as lou perlman oh had. yeah let's go look at our i think i do have more money than lou perlman right now because i'm nah, pretty sure well, he's in prison <laughs> i'm sure his commissary is pretty high i'm sure he's got i'll take i'll take dollars. broken free <laughs> that was some when i worked at the jail commissary for folks for you go who don't know who've never in, encountered jail commissaries like or the been an elementary school person <laughs> yeah yeah it's the 7-eleven convenience store of jail where you could just basically get anything chips and whatever and you the guys would always have me look up my favorite guys would be like hey how much is in my account and you look it up and it'd be like 17 cents and they'd be like okay thank you and then other guys would be like how much is my account and i'd be like eight thousand seven hundred and thirty five dollars where the hell like you have way more money than i do how the hell do you have all this money because because he found drugs a, in jail uh, selling, <laughs> selling drugs or he found some poor woman that wants a jail boyfriend that gave him that's a grant true too that is true too yeah yeah if uh if you're dating a guy that's in jail you need a psychiatrist honey uh we don't have a sponsor yet but as soon as we have a, a an online psychiatry sponsor i'm gonna send you there young lady because dating a guy in prison that was already in prison when you started dating is not good when they would when they would go for visits it would just come up it would be like 
there'd be a list that'd say like Jeff Taylor has a visit. And then they wouldn't, if they didn't know, if it wasn't pre-set up, they'd be like, can you call down to see who it is? And then you call down and be and and I, they'd be like, oh, you know, Jane Stevens. And I'd be like, it's Jane Stevens at the main one, side one, or, or ho. And he's like, oh, that's a ho. I'm not showing up for that. And they, they would have like five girlfriends. And I'm just like, man, how the hell do you do that? I'd that's rather amazing. go. I'd rather go grab somebody's pocket. Yeah, right. <laughs> they got some the, the 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 guys in jail. They got some women in there. I guess that's why they have eight thousand. I'm telling to buy you, it's a chips. it's a weird th- it's a weird thing. Women are in, or some not all. Some women are fascinated by guys in prison. Oh, I think everyone's fascinated in prison. Do you know who's even more fascinated by guys in prison? The guys in prison, dude. We would watch the first forty eight in jail shows of what it looks like you know those jail like what is it like in jail and they just show I flipped you like past a day them on life. netflix yes i, flipped I love them. those i love those shows the guys in jail would watch documentaries about guys in jail and they would just sit there and be like this is amazing i'm like you're in jail how are you're you still living watching this. this this is your life and they'll be like looking at the setups like oh that jail is way better than our jail well <laughs> like, i guess yeah, it's the right, same man. thing as me watching married with children i'm living yeah. al bundy's life as it is you are yeah. Sniffing women's shoes. Is that what you're doing? I don't sniff them. I sell them. <laughs> Thanks for asking. All right. <laughs> well, folks, this is a wonderful opening segment. We went from Def Leppard to girlfriends in jail to sniffing shoes. Not very 80 centric, though, even with the married with children. 80s. That is true. Yeah. So we have a wonderful show uh, uh, lined up for today. We got Dante Marcatelli, uh, broadcaster for the Orlando Magic, talking about the Magic and all things NBA. They had the first round pick. They got a nice, young, exciting team uh, that we're going to get into. Of course, our last segment, uh, the news, where we will just ponder all of, of life's news stories for 20 minutes. And hopefully it will be with Dan Bolger. We're trying to set that up. Local Boston comedian and uh, good friend of mine, golfing buddy. He's a wonderful human being. And uh, we hope to pull that together today. And he's able to do that. But uh, just stick around. We have more wonderful shows of the Michael Bryan show with Jeff Taylor. And uh, this is a wonderful way to say I'm done talking. And welcome back to the Mike O'Brien Show. Today we have our guest this evening, Dante Marcatelli, longtime broadcaster for the Orlando Magic. Big things coming up with the Young Magic squad and, and also just regular things in the NBA we'll probably be talking about here. But, I mean, first overall I'll draft pick for what, the third third time, I think, is that for the Magic? Yeah, uh, yes, it was. Yeah, that's right. Well, fourth time, actually. Fourth time because we had Chris Weber. Who Chris Weber, that's Benny right. Hardaway. Yeah. Yep, Shaquille O'Neal, Dwight Howard, and now Paolo Bancaro. Paolo Bancaro. If he's not a household name already, he will be very soon. That was pretty did you go to down, Summer League? Down here. I did not go to Summer League. Nope. Unfortunately, they, they didn't need me out there. But, uh, no, we, but getting to see him for a couple of games, and now he's playing in these pro-ams, and then looking back at what he did in college, I mean, it's unbelievable the skill set on this young big man. So everybody here in Central Florida – uh, as you know, Jeff, you're still here, but everyone is very excited about Paolo and, and about the future of this Magic team right now. Great, great young core. I mean, they, they not only do they have their four uh, first round over, overall picks that they've that they've taken themselves, but we have another first overall pick in Markel Fultz that we were able to get from the yeah, Philadelphia seventy right. sixers to make to put to put pieces together for this young core. And it's I'm very excited. You know, I'm I'm an Orlando native, so the Orlando Magic 
is my basketball team. And what's also really exciting is that, you know, the, t- the page is getting ready to turn. You know, LeBron James is nearing the end of his career. He's fizzling out. So yeah. new faces are going to happen. And if you think back, the Golden State Warriors would not have been a team you would have thought about in the NBA as far as championships go. And look at the dynasty, the dynasty they built over there. And you can say that that dynasty really goes back to the decision that they made to not trade the kid that was sitting on the bench in that Dwight Howard deal because there were talks of, of them unloading Steph Curry. The Magic really, really wanted Steph Curry in that trade and they the golden state warriors would not pull the trigger on it and that has worked out very well for them and but looking at the future of the nba you look at teams like the atlanta hawks who have made themselves significantly better and have a decent young core there and the orlando magic who've been building through the draft and and hopefully can keep those kids around because that's been the achilles heel of the orlando magic is building stars and then they leave orlando but DeJounte, DeJounte Murray and Paolo Bonchero at the uh, Pro-Am. <laughs> Look at that potential locker room material going into this season and lots of seasons going forward. Well, I, and I can't wait for that because uh, obviously with the Hawks in our division, right? So the Magic are going to play them four times. So that video will surface again. And every time we play Atlanta, that will come up, I'm sure. And that will Now listen, I'm sure since then, everybody's friends nowadays, right? There's no true real and those are two kids. hatred. Those two kids grew up together. And they have a history. And it's, I th- personally, I think it's a fun back and forth. But who knows? Maybe it's deep-rooted. Maybe there's something there. Uh, and, and we did see things get a little testy with guys in the playoffs and certainly in the finals uh, with the Celtics and Warriors. But um, I, So there is that potential to kind of see that fire with some of these guys. But, yeah, I think that adds to the – I think that adds to that rivalry between Orlando and Atlanta. And I think we'll start to hey, – hey, to me, it makes it fun. And, you know, you've got – but you've got some great young faces – and you've got some great young cores here in the NBA. And, and going back to that, you know, that Seth Curry, uh, Steph Curry thing, you know, you have to go back to the, you know, obviously it's drafting, right? Golden State did a terrific job of drafting and to get Clay Thompson, you know, and you're able to get Steph Curry as well. And then you're able to find, you know, a number of other young guys that you can add to. And you've retooled with James Wiseman and you've got Kaminga and Moody and you've got some young pieces to add to it. But Remember, Steph Curry had all those ankle injuries. And when they gave him that big contract, they thought that, that hey, listen, he might not be able to fulfill this thing. Uh, he, you know, he had missed a lot of games, and we don't know the long-term effects of that injury. But you're right, kudos to them. Uh, they, they took a chance, and, and he has certainly rewarded them many times for their, uh, for their faithfulness. One thing I love about this Magic roster is it's such like the new age NBA where there it's almost like there's no positions. It's just, there's yeah. a, everyone can handle the ball. Everyone. I went and saw them last year down in Orlando and you're looking at Wagner and you're looking at, at Carter and just all these big guys that are also just like pushing the ball up the court and driving to the hoop. And you're like, well, these guys are all, you know, six ten and plus, and they're, they're playing like they're, they're playing like they're, they're point power forwards or whatever. It's crazy. No, it is. And I, and I think to this to this front office's credit, they have been able to retool. They've been able to re, you know, restock the cabinet uh, and be ready for for a nice run, because when they tore it down, you know, these were mainstays. And, you know, Jeff, you know, and Mike from being an NBA fan, but Nick Vucevic, Evan Fournier, these yeah. guys have been here for quite some time, Aaron Gordon. And the feeling was they, they kind of were on the come up. And, you know, let's let's add to it. Let's get some pieces. Let's get some veterans and let's see what this team can do. But you know, kind of the feeling was, well, well, maybe had they gone as far as this core could go. So they took a chance. They took a chance and said, you know, let's get younger. And, and to re, retool this quickly 
and you get a young guy in Wendell Carter Jr. who's been able to man the middle for him. Uh, and then now you're adding the number one pick. And last year in Franz Wagner, you get a guy that, you know, it, to your point, Mike, is it, it is positionless. He can pass. He can shoot. He can play. He can defend. You know, he just makes smart basketball decisions. He was I amazing. Gonna, I, I think he's going to look even better next to Bancaro because Bancaro is going to demand so much attention and so much respect. It's going to leave those other guys open to be able to go one-on-one and to be able to get open. So now you have Jalen Suggs. What is what does Jalen Suggs look like after his summer of working and, and you know and, and, and getting himself better? A, a full year of a healthy Markel Fultz. Do we get Jonathan Isaac back here at some time soon? And then what do you do with Cole Anthony? Does yeah. Cole Anthony come off the bench? Is he your super sub? Is he your Lou Williams type? Or or is he able to carve out a starting role? So I think there's a lot of excitement, a lot still to be determined. Cole Anthony would be great off the bench, but I think just uh, as I say, you've been you've been with the Magic now for almost thirty years. It's funny to think about the teams that have been kind of like the Kings were really good, and then they've just never been back. And there's but the Magic yeah. have just been up and down and up and down. They've always come back. They always retool. Like you said, they get to a certain point. They're oh, we're always the the fifth, fourth to seventh seed for like two, three years in a row. Well, that's just not going to cut it. So let's just blow it up and do it all over again. Yeah. And every time they do it all over again, it seems like you know they usually come out pretty successful. I have the benefit of of being a fan first. I love yes, the right. Orlando Magic. So let me put on my fan slash GM cap, and I can explain to you what I think the problem with the Sacramento Kings is and what could potentially be a problem for the Orlando Magic. And Cole Anthony is a perfect example of this. Don't let him get away. Don't let those guys go. See them out to their fruition. Don't say, okay, listen, we've got a log jam at this position. Let's let them go. Goes back to the Steph Curry thing. Steph Curry didn't have a position to go into because they had a log jam at that position. They didn't say, oh, well, we don't need him. Let him go. They stuck to him and they let him grow and become the player that he is now. Stick to those guys. Don't let not having playing time for them make the decision for you. Don't say, okay, we, we're not going to be able to give this kid playing time. Let's move him. Because they've done that in the past. They built the Detroit Pistons team that won the the championships. I mean, Ben Wallace and uh, the point guard. Chucky Atkins. Yeah. Chucky Atkins. I, guys that they were like, ah, Phillips. we don't need these guys. Let's send them off to Detroit. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to Buddy. me. Buddy. No, but, right. but no, yeah, right. so, you, so stick to those kids. You have them yeah. in manageable contracts. Let them stick around until you find out you definitely don't have a guy that could be a star there. I think it's a good point, and I and I think you've seen and I, you know these guys are working, and these guys want to be great. And Cole Anthony wants to be great, and he likes the big moment, and he can hit the big shot, and he's not afraid of it. And I think you've got we. If there's one thing we know about this team, they've led the NBA in injuries, game missed to injury or illness each of the last two years, and last year was a historic number. You know, a number we hadn't seen as far as games missed. So. You may say we have a log jam now, but also it's positionless basketball, right? So you can go small, you can go big. These guys can play anywhere. They're interchangeable, and you don't know who's going to get hurt. You don't know who's going to get moved potentially here come the NBA trade deadline. So, I, you know, I, 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 I'm with you. I, I don't think you can ever have too much talent, and Jamal Mosley will welcome the challenge of trying to find a way for them all to be on the floor. That, that was Stan's big thing, right? I've got, I've got Turk. I've got Richard. I've got Beatrice. I've got Redick. It's up to me to find a way to have the five best players on the floor at the best at, at the right time. And I and I think Jamal welcomes that challenge. He's a fantastic coach. And you're right. Let, let's 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 keep the cupboard full and let's let's let these guys play out and kind of get into their you know, get into their role on their own. 
Now, one thing you just mentioned was the trade deadline. One thing we're talking about in Boston, of course, is the big trade with Kevin Durant and what's going to happen and Jalen Brown and who. But one team, I, I can't believe that the I Magic. I about do- that. So Kevin, Kevin Durant wants Kevin to Kevin Durant, yeah, surprisingly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want to play okay. for the Nets. Can you believe it? Okay. Here's that's, a that's shovel, Dante. I'm- you can dig your head out of the sand. It's clearly <laughs> yeah, bad. Right. But, right. but uh, well, one thing, up, just man. like now with these young kids that you're talking about with the Magic and – and the Celtics Brown one, I can't believe that the magic aren't being mentioned with Durant. Cause they actually have a lot of young pieces that you couldn't throw draft sure. picks at them for, for Durant. But also now with these guys, uh, after two, three years, they're just like, Hey, I'm, I don't want to play with, with you anymore. And Wagner could just be like, I don't want to, I don't want to be with the magic anymore. And even though he's under contract and he'll sign a long-term deal, it's like, uh, you have to trade me. And I just think it's amazing now where, where players are just, pulling the trigger midway through contracts. Like when I covered the magic, it was McGrady's last year. Everyone knew he was getting traded going into that year. Like everyone knew. And then he had a back injury the entire year and everyone knew it was going to happen. But now it's just like you sign a contract and then a week later, you're like, you know what? I don't want to play for this team anymore. And it's an amazing thing that's happening in the NBA that I think that as a fan, I'm just kind of almost flabbergasted and almost kind of like, ah, can, can we cut the crap with that? You know? Well, but I think, to, and, and I think, and just to play devil's advocate a little bit, I think it does happen. And, and the people that we hear about, they get all the headlines, right? It's happened with Kyrie and and all that, and you know, but it's happened with Kevin Durant. It's happened with maybe with James Harden. It's happened with a few, but you also have the Bradley Beals who didn't want to go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I think John Wall was perfectly happy in D.C. How many times have? How many times can Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum come out and say, "We want to be here. We want to." Stay here in Boston. We have something special. What, 25 and 23? Like, why are why are we in such a rush to blow that up? Yeah. They're so young. They have more, they have almost more playoff games under their belt than anybody in the NBA. And the, both of them are under 25. Like, let's let's let to Jeff's point, let's let that play out. Let's see their full talent come on display. And now they both have NBA finals games under their belt. I, I think they're I don't Donovan Mitchell was perfectly happy. You know, in Utah, I, I think they have made decisions. Nikola Jokic wants to stay in Denver. I, I think that you do have a couple that do want to leave, but I think it's the guys that get older that are some of the better players in the NBA that are looking at their legacy and trying to add uh, another title to their belt. And, you know, Kevin Durant may be one of those guys. And I think, you know, if you're a team like the Orlando Magic, you know, you, that doesn't fit your timeline. Like, you, you, okay, you bring in a guy like that, but, you know, you've got a bunch of young guys who aren't maybe aren't ready to make that jump. You got to go to it. Kevin Durant wants to go to a team that is a Kevin Durant away from winning a championship. That's why you hear Boston, you hear some of those other names. So I don't think it happens as much as as you may think. But I think that's also why it's important to find the guy that you think, oh, Giannis Adetokounmpo, perfect example. Everyone yeah. thought there's no way he wants to be in Milwaukee. I think for the most part, guys stay and they do want to be there. It's when they finish that second contract and now you start looking at your legacy and and that sort of thing. And and you know, Kevin Durant's thirty four. How many more years do I have left? I, I want to go somewhere where I have a chance to win, maybe. I, honestly, I mean, Kevin Durant has already reached the mountaintop. For So for him, I think he wants mm-hmm. to win not with Golden State because I think that was a little bit of a stain on him. Yeah, he had to go, if you can't beat him, join him type thing. He didn't have it right. anywhere else, and he had to go to the team that had already don't been competing you think he for wants, championships. Don't you think he's feel- don't you think he's feeling pressure to win one on his own somewhere with his own team? Oh, ab- absolutely. absolutely. But the fact of the matter is that Boston Celtics fans should be sending flowers and cards of thank you <laughs> to the brass yes. at the Brooklyn Nets 
for wanting to completely yes. decimate the Boston Celtics to get Kevin Durant, and they literally poisoned that opportunity because they were already probably going to get Jalen Brown and some other young names, and they could have pulled that trade off. But to ask for Brown, Tatum, draft picks, the, and the guy comes out and says, we're going to take everything from whatever team yeah. wants. There's no way that Kevin Durant is going to get they're not going to get value back for him now. They literally destroyed oh, no, their opportunity to get yeah. value back for that guy. Well, and it seems unrealistic. I mean, you got to find a way to, you know, that, that offer's got to come down, right? I mean, you can't you can't ask for as much as they're asking for. So it begs the question, are you really trying to move him? He's got 4 years left on his deal. I mean, they don't have to do anything. They can tell him, "Hey, we, you know, we looked, we did the best we could. We asked for everybody from Boston we asked for Steph Curry and Clay Thompson we asked for what else do you want us to do we couldn't trade you you know there's no there was no mark I mean you can you can shoot for the moon are you not fascinated though how this is going to play out like let's 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 fast forward right to a situation where they don't get moved and you have Durant and Kyrie going into camp together and they got to play it's still a great team that's still yeah. an unbelievable duo uh and now you throw Ben Simmons into the mix I mean if I'm Marks yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I'm going to give it the best. I'm going to give it the best. The old college try and really try to move you. But if I can't, you guys got to play, and we got a really good team. We got a really good team. I think. I think the best move for the Brooklyn Nets would do would be to do to the San Antonio Spurs what the Celtics did to the Nets. Go to those Spurs now who are not built to contend at this okay, moment. Yep. Could immediately be so if they were to be able to package Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant down in San Antonio. Popovich is done if he doesn't put a team together in the next few years. He's not getting any right, younger. Right. I don't think sure. he necessarily wants to live through a long-term rebuild. So I think that the Brooklyn Nets could get five or six first-round draft picks from San Antonio who would be mortgaging yep. their their future for now wins. But if you think about it, they've got one of the greatest coaches in NBA history at the helm still, and they could they could stretch out another three years. They're going to have to completely topple that castle after he's done. So why not bring those guys in? They've got it. I mean, they, they've got the, the salary room. They've got the draft capital. They've got the room to bring them in. I, you know, Brooklyn just has to ask themselves, you know, are we, are we still going to try to win? Like, are we trying to move? Like, if you're trying to get Jalen Brown back and Tatum and all those picks, you still have Kyrie, you still have Ben Simmons, you're, you're saying you still want to win. Like, you're not kind of going through a full rebuild. So I think some combination of, you know, whoever, whatever star might be available plus draft capital, right? Because you can try to set yourself up for now and for the future. So, yeah, you, you can start looking at those teams. And, I, you know, and, and, you know, Greg Popovich, I'm sure, would love to have Kevin Durant. But I, I wonder if, you know, if, if the if the request comes down and now you're Boston and now you're Brad Stevens and you're looking and saying, well, if I don't have to give up both of them, what if I do move Brown, right? And now I've got Durant, I've got Tatum, I've got Brogdon, right? I've got Robert Williams. You know, I wonder if that if that if the if the trade demand comes down and you feel you absolutely have to move them and you've got draft capital as well, is that more enticing? You know, do do you make that run and do you pair Tatum and Durant together? I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's, it's an un, it's fascinating, and that's why it, it would be hard for me to be be hard for me to be in a front office because everybody that I drafted I would keep forever till the end of time. And you can't. You can't Although do that. I I think that I that, that too, I think yeah. that that probably is a better way. To look at it, I think that you get these kids and you bring them in, and it's tough with free agency. Like you would not get your wish. Yeah, sure, Some sure. guys would leave, but I think you get these Correct. kids in. Right, and if right. you if you look back in in history of teams that traded away talent that was on the precipice of becoming 
stars, it sets them back every time and it makes other teams significantly better. You look at San Antonio with Kawhi Leonard. That was the end of that dynasty. They, they've got to keep Kawhi right. in San Antonio. They cannot move on from him, but they did, and we see the history tells that it decimated San Antonio. They've been a competing-ish team, but they're not on the, on, they're not on the Mount Rushmore of basketball anymore. No, they're not, they're not in that top echelon, which is, which is surprising, which, is, which I give Popovich credit. I, I thought once the team kind of went this direction and we're going through a rebuild, hey, okay, cool. I got more wins than anybody. I'm out. See you later. It's been a great run. But he's still here, and he still wants to, you know, he still wants to contribute. He still wants to teach these young guys. So I, I think that's impressive. I, you know, you press the reset button with all these teams. We see it in baseball. We see it in the NFL, and you kind of build. And you know, I, I wish there was a middle ground. I wish you didn't have to completely decimate these teams and go two, three, four, five years, you know, to kind of get them back. But um, the teams that do it right can turn back quick, and, that, and that's why this draft is so critical. And that's why you have to, you know, you, you have to get it right. You, you have to, okay. We rebuild, we get the number one pick, but you got to get the number one pick right. And to me, they did when you watch Paolo and you look at his skill set. So I think that's critical. Get all the draft capital you want. doesn't help you if you don't get the right guy. You, you could one, fix this problem. I'm sorry, Mike. You could fix no. this problem easily if you, had, if you had a collective bargaining agreement where they reined in free agency. Where they said, listen, you can't just bounce around yeah. anymore. We've got to figure out a way for these guys to stop putting these super teams together. And that would solve a lot of these problems. Well, yeah, one thing, though, like when I was down there, it was they signed Trace McGrady. They signed Grant Hill coming in on crutches with a softball in his foot. That was like, still the grossest thing I've ever seen in my life up close <laughs> is Grant Hill's ankle. That was the gnarliest thing I've ever seen. They almost got Tim Duncan. When was the last time yeah. the Magic signed a, a, a free agent? Like, I don't think they've signed a free agent Around since Dwight. Grant Hill. Around Dwight. No, with Dwight. Yeah, see, that's a, there's a big misconception that people won't come to Orlando. And I think... It's with any team. I think the team has to be competitive. I don't think you're going to be in the market right now. Like, you look at the landscape, and, you know, Zach Levine was a free agent. Does he want to look at Orlando, who, okay, maybe I'm a Zach Levine away from being competitive, but am I really – are, are they a championship team right now? Could they be in a couple of years? Absolutely. That's the goal, and that's what we're striving for. But I, I think it's got to fit the timeline of, of the team that's ready to win at the time these guys are free agents. So now you got Dwight Howard. Well, you're able to get Hito Turkoglu. You're able to get Richard Lewis. Yeah. You're able to get Michael Petras. I mean, you're able to get every free agent that was available, and there's a number of others that wanted to come here. You're able to get Vince Carter in a trade and Ryan Anderson as well. So I, I, I think you're able to get the free agents when the team's competitive. But I think that's coming. What do we look like this time next year? Now all these young guys have a year under their belt. If I'm a young superstar or up-and-coming star, now I'm looking at that situation. It fits the timeline, right? No state income tax. I see the sun at every time, every you know, through every day. And I, I think it becomes very appealing. I think it's an appealing destination for free agents, but we can't kid ourselves. I, I think it's got to be at the time when the team is competitive. And I think that's for all cities. You know, look at when the Lakers were not competitive. That's still L.A. That's still New York. But the top flight free agents weren't, you know, weren't flocking to those cities. The team's got to be competitive no matter what the market is, in my opinion. Hmm. Well, as we're wrapping up here, I, my, now that I'm back as an official media member, as I'm doing a podcast in my, uh, I can't believe my this. yeah, my North End apartment, uh, when I finally started playing for um, uh, press passes, are the press on the court side like they were 20 years ago when I was there? Because if I don't get courtside seats, I don't think I can cover basketball games anymore. Because that was my favorite well, aspect of it. Yes. 
Well, not only do can we not get you courtside, I'm not sold we can get you in the building, quite frankly, <laughs> uh, under, 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 under any circumstances. And I'm not going to be the one to vouch for you. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but, it has, but it has changed, man, with COVID and with now these escape lanes. Remember, photographers were down there. Oh, right, Guys right. were landing. So, so they've kind of, you know, things have kind of moved. Dennis and, Rodman. And, and, well, Dennis Rodman well, kicked that, that guy in the junk. <laughs> well, not because of that, but because guys are landing and coming down on, on the photographers in that area. But uh, but no, we'll do what we can to to get you in there. But listen, for those that don't know, man, we go way back. We go way back to AM 1080 here in Central oh, yeah. Florida, where we, we were all just kind of up and coming and, and working together somehow. I mean, this is great to see you guys, uh, what, 20 years later. This is yeah. awesome. And I hope you guys stay in touch. And and I wish we still had a show. I'm not going to lie to you. I wish we were yeah, all still doing absolutely. radio. Well, hey, I tell you what, Dante, when the four check productions studio starts taking off, I'm going to yes. try to, I'm going to try to uh, get you under contract. Be, be prepared. As soon as the Mike right. O'Brien show puts me on the map, I'm right, going to start, right. yes. I'm going to start yes. doling out contracts and you're on my I list. Like you're it. in my top five. <laughs> all right. Well, keep me in mind, my friend. Keep me in mind. We'll it's great to talk. Always great to talk to you guys. We'll see Thanks you later. so much. We'll talk to you hopefully during the season at some point, too. You got it, buddy. Thanks, Dante. It. Take care, Dante. Thank you. See you guys. Welcome back to the Mike O'Brien Show. We are in our wonderful news segment talking about the news of the week here with our good friend who we worked with at 1080 in Orlando. He's gone on to bigger and better things at Sirius Radio. Ladies oh, and gentlemen, gosh. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mike Corbett. How are you today, Mike? Guys, it's great. It's been a while. It's uh, Mike, I saw you back in 2008. Jeff, it's, jeez. 2003, 2004, like yeah. 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 yeah, right before I, I move back. Yeah. You look exactly the same, buddy. You're holding up great. Whatever you're doing no, up there, keep yeah. it up. He's yeah, a father, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but, you know. <laughs> well, it's a thing. He is a father. Appro- approaching for 46, 45, going on 46. Wow, so. you're old and gross. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. I'm 41. And you're just gross. So. Yeah, I'm just, well, I'm old now, too. I'm 41, yeah. so that's not good. Corbett, well, Corbett, have- Corbett played the, uh, the inside baseball game there, which we'll get back to at the end of this segment. But I wanted to start this new segment off by asking you, first of all, do you know who Kristen Chenoweth is? She's an actress, right? Yeah, a Broadway, Broadway star. short, blonde okay, girl. Yes, yes, she yes, did the old yes. Navy commercials. All right. What she also okay. did is she was recently on Celebrity Family Feud. And I'm going to throw uh-huh. out the question that was answered. And I'm going to give you each one guess to guess what her answer was. And keep it clean. This is a family show. But mm-hmm. the question was, after the lips, where is your favorite place to kiss a man? <laughs> mm. I used to do. I mean, every comedian has a stand up bit about the family feud but all all their questions are just sexual innuendos that was my thing um i'm gonna say she went with the ear survey says no what do you got corbett i'm gonna say possibly the 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 cheeks all right also not on our board Mm. she said she didn't give an answer what she said was it rhymes with heinous Oh, <laughs> Chris and Chenoweth, uh, what's your number, girl? And the, uh, Call is me, this baby. Steve, is Steve Harvey still? He's doing still. This? He still oh, is. Of course, oh, he is. Well, I love to see the look on his face. My buddy Steve um, Harvey. Yeah, you you worked with you still ten years? No, nah, it's been a while, but ten years yeah, but, I traveled with him. Yeah. Um. That the joke I used to do about the Family Feud is like when I first started doing stand up was it was um I don't even remember what it ah. Uh, 
but it was oh, this the, is the best hey guys yeah. i used to tell this hilarious stand-up joke. joke i don't oh, even remember i can't what remember what it was, was. all right you know, i don't thing. remember what the question was moving but on it was like what's going on in baseball but it was uh things uh yeah whatever ended up being the guy said uh private parts or no it was uh whatever jesus yeah. Christ. anyways yeah. i'm really did funny it, did it, guys. it bombed there it's bombing here let's just put it in <laughs> it past. was great it was great yeah, I'll go over my other sets from 12 years ago. I don't remember the jokes. But into the news here, folks, which is even crazier news. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., who hasn't played all year because he got in a motorcycle accident. He says motorcycle accident. Who knows what it actually was? Broke his wrist. Test positive for steroids. That This is my favorite thing when athletes get caught with steroids and the excuse that they come up as to why like well i wasn't taking it he says it was a cream for ringworm medication because he had ringworm on his neck and his dad came that's out that's more embarrassing than taking steroids yeah right what are you a high school uh, high school wrestler like well, how well, did you get ringworm yeah yeah well here, here's the thing all right just say he's correct just say he's he's innocent in this and he got your Signed one of the richest contracts in Major League Baseball history. Where are you going? Where you're going to be getting catching ringworm? No crap. Getting a haircut. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And not to mention, too, you sign one of the richest things, and you're just grabbing stuff from the Dominican Republic and just taking it and putting it on your body and having no one check it. Like, what do you? talking about of course and then his dad is also saying that it had nothing to do this this drug that he tested positive for doesn't increase weight doesn't do this doesn't do that but then they're like yeah it does (laughs) like what are you talking about clear rigworm though but yeah i don't know now what you're saying where like they don't like uh check what what they're putting to a certain extent i'm i'm i mean this guy is probably guilty as heck anyway but just to play devil's advocate so some of these athletes, they're, they're just in their own la-la land. You, you, you've come across athletes, celebrities, both of you guys, in, in your, your travels throughout the years. These people are off. They're, they're not, I mean, for us to be calling people off, that, that says something. But no these people, they're, 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 they're wired differently. So I could see them screwing up to a certain point. But they're constantly lectured by the Padres, by Major League Baseball, by the Players' Union. To get everything checked out, even if you're going to CVS to pick up, you know, an antihistamine because your allergies are kicking up for whatever reason, that's got to be all vetted. So it's it's not flying. And of course, his father, who has has been a steroid cheat in the past, comes to his defense. Now, I just want to want to know how many possibly high school wrestlers or kids are going to want to, you know, cream for ringworm because they they feel like there's some sort of steroid you know, steroid in it, and like, oh yeah, just get get a little boost. I, I got ringworm. Let me pile on a little bit. First of all, I got ringworm. First of all, this guy's a kid. I mean, he's in his early 20s, so he's not the brightest uh, candle in the candelabra. Mm -hmm. Second of all, you're right, Corbett. And the reason why is because when you have a certain status, especially starting at a young age, people do things for you. You don't have to do them for yourself. So you don't learn these important life lessons early. And it could be a mistake. He could have wanted, he could have had ringworm, but. I have a completely different take on this because I've said in the past and I will continue to say, I don't know why they're so hard on steroids, especially considering the fact that steroids, a lot of them can help you heal faster Mm -hmm. and help your uh, fast twitch and these things that make an athlete better. They're supplying them with better workout regiments. They're supplying them with all these analytics that go into how their health should be handled. 
if there's a better way to do this, which steroids does offer, especially if it's under a doctor's care, I don't understand why they aren't more able to do it. I feel like they could get rid of a of quite a big, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A stigma attached to sports if they just accepted it and figured out a way to manage it. I, I agree 100%. But also, Tatis, if you've ever seen him in, in interviews, he's an idiot. Like, he's just an idiot. And the things that he says and does is just ridiculous. When he signed that contract, which was like 14 years and what was it? 300 something. It was actually yeah, it was- under market of what he should have gotten. But he had to pull the trigger on an extension quicker because when he was in the minors, mind you, his dad was a professional baseball player for, I mean, had to have been over 10 years, right? He signed some, so there's some companies that invest in minor league players and are like, we will give you a loan of like $20 million or whatever it is. And when you make it, you pay us back. And he got to a point where he was just like, I have no money because I've been paying these people back. So I need to sign this deal as quickly as possible so I can just get rid of this debt that I have. So he was as a minor leaguer, even though he was the number one guy, he couldn't wait. Uh, you know, a couple years to just make it to the show and then get his money. He had to take this crazy loan with crazy uh, interest rates and stuff like that. And before he this, screwed right before, before this season, everyone would have said that that was okay because he was going to be one of the perennial best baseball players in the major leagues for the for the near future but injuring yourself in the off season or or away from baseball activities or any sports activities is a bad sign it seems that anybody that does that typically doesn't have the head on their shoulders to come back and be a good professional athlete for a long time so that's going to hurt him and now this i mean he's never going to be able to get out from under the shadow of this Absolutely. No, and, and I know I was watching a little bit of the K-Rod broadcast last night on ESPN2, and, you know, A-Rod was saying oh, how he felt so bad for him. You know, whatever, A-Rod. Of course but, he does. But, but, he's, saying, <laughs> but, he, but he's saying um, how, oh, like his whole fear, fame career is done because mine is done. I'm like, well, I mean, you also got popped twice, you know, so. But it could be true because we've seen where people have whatever stigma they have with the, with the stories that they're automatically done you know, and how much they did or how little they did. So you have to see how this kid's going to handle it. However old he is right now. Is he 23? I think he I think is. That was he 22? Yeah, like how, how, how he's going to handle this. I mean, this is definitely a big uh, slap in the face to him. But so, the GM, the GM of the Padres also came out. Cause like, yeah. he's always lying about everything. Like literally they catch him in lies as he's speaking. And he said, we obviously have a trust issue with uh, Tatis here after they gave him all that money. So it's just pretty crazy to think about I'm how. I just wonder if they're going to try to get some of this money back. Now the Padres, I don't know. I, they, they should be any, able to. Have, if they have any clauses in his contract, if you get busted for certain things, you act a certain way between um, between I mean, off-season injury, not associated with baseball, and then yeah. you should. I mean, I who knows? This I, is I, I this is so. the first and many of a line that's going to come for the San Diego Padres that have to do with Juan Soto bringing the leaving the Nationals curse to that city. <laughs> right, that is true. That is true. But then you have the staying in uh, Washington curse of Steven Strasburg, who's after signing a huge deal, I think has pitched maybe three games and will probably never pitch. I uh, got a ring and he's was the World Series MVP. So there's that. Good for him. So then sign him to a deal and he never plays again. It's up there with Chris Sale. As there's, the worst there's a like there's a likelihood that he will never pitch in the majors again. But he Good did for he, him. He, he won the ring. So I guess there he, you go. he fulfilled Same his with Chris mission. Sale. 
Now we're uh, moving on to another thing as it's kind of a segue into uh, the money thing, how Ben Simmons reached a settlement with the 76ers over not playing, which is something we kind of talked about with Fernando Tatis here, which how we were talking about this on the last episode or even with, uh, I think, Dante earlier today, that the NBA Players Union is probably the strongest union of them all other than maybe baseball, but it's just the fact that these guys are just like, I'm not playing. And then there's like, still here's millions of dollars. They won't say how much he got, but I mean, he's had to have had millions of dollars just because he just didn't feel like playing 20, 20 million. They did say how much he got. No, no, no. He's owed 20 million. It's, they won't say how much he actually got. Both sides agree to confidentiality on the exact financial settlement it reached. Well, there are two things sides to this coin one is that did they continue to stop paying him when he was no longer holding out and he was just injured i'm using air quotes here before they traded him and two the fact that they were able to move him and uh not really suffer too much from uh from that contract i guess there's there i guess when a judge or whoever looked at it looked at it or an arbitrator they said okay listen you guys were not harmed by him not playing long term so just pay the kid the money that you were contractually obligated to pay him. Now, here's here's the thing, because it all also incorporates where the mental health, where he brought that into it as well. And when you talk about a back injury, it, it's tough to really figure out. But it's amazing how a lot of these guys just, in a way, don't want to play. And I remember listening to to Frank Isola, who works with us at SiriusXM. He he came up with this. I, I don't know if you, you guys aren't big soccer fans, but last year during the Euros, you had Christian Eriksen, who was playing for Denmark. Yeah, pretty much uh-huh. dropped dead on the field there at, at, at I think it was at Wembley. No, no, it was in somewhere in Denmark because they were playing regional sites. Dropped dead, pretty much. He was gone for thirty seconds. Was revived right there on the field. Uh, Went back, you know, it was in the hospital. It wound up being okay and stuff like that. He's eventually come back like six months later. He came back to play in the Premier League, the toppest, you know, yeah, d- domestic the creme de la creme. Yeah, he came back to play in that. Now he plays, you know, he made a move to Manchester United. But this guy is pretty much dropped dead on the field, came back to life, and it's come back to play. And Ben Simmons has not played once since that game seven. When when he yeah you know, he he was afraid to shoot the ball against Atlanta. when he shot it four times right against Atlanta yeah. that's insane it, but it just goes and every time there's something now he was ramping up when he, when he came to the Nets he was ramping up he's looking good he's looking good and you know oh he could possibly come back game three and all of a sudden they're down oh three oh we can maybe come back for game four you know just and then gone and then he was dressed as a Fruit Loop on the sidelines this, too they yes. ranked up there with uh who yes. was it the, the no, North, it, Joe Forte dressed up in the Scooby Doo outfit on yes. the, so on if, sidelines if, if, the if sidelines. you couldn't play fine but just sit down in a regular suit on on the sidelines cheer your team off you bring more attention to yourself and you're not even playing and it, I just don't get it whether it's Simmons or a lot of these other guys with the whole load management stuff oh. where they can't play on the second end of a back-to-back you know, the hockey, the NHL plays the same exact schedule, 82 games. Those guys don't play unless they're seriously injured. They're playing back-to-backs. Crosby's playing. Ovechkin's playing. McDavid's. All the top guys are always playing. And there's still contact really in that sport, unlike yeah. the NBA. Yeah. So uh, like this whole, like, oh, they, you, you can't play the second game of a back-to-back or you played three games in, in five nights. Enough. Just play. It it makes it makes some sense when you think of a guy like Kawhi who had an injury that held him out for an entire season, 
where they say, okay, listen, we don't want him to hurt this again. It's been years since that happened, but you can almost make an, an, an argument for him for the load management. But this goes back to the Spurs were doing it and, uh, and LeBron, well, LeBron James, doesn't. who it, it really in a season where the Lakers didn't even make it into the real playoffs – they could have used those extra wins with him playing. I, I I don't get it. I think it has a lot to do with what we're talking about here. The NBA's Players Association is very strong. Anywhere else, a league would say, all right, enough is enough. We've got a Christmas Day game and your star is sitting out because he yeah. has has work management problems. Get the, the we've We've gone up to this point in the history of our league and we didn't have guys sitting out. Something's wrong with now. It's not more more games. It's not harder to play because if you go back and look at those Pistons games, people played against them every night, and those guys were were beating you up. The Knicks, yeah. who Mike Corbett knows well, those guys, you went into the lane, you got your your ass handed to you, and those guys played every night. There was there was a couple of seasons in the early '60s with Wilt Chamberlain where he averaged over 48 minutes minutes a game because there was a couple of games that went into overtime. He was averaging over 48 minutes. And I think there was one, someone sent me a thing. It was from Super 70 Sports. So it may, may not be true. But there was what, like, he played all but six minutes of one season because those six minutes he got ejected or something like that. Yeah. In, in a game. But other than that, and you talk about the, the methods that we talked about before with, with Tatis, with new, new, new forms of training, new training regiments compared to what they had in the old days. Well, you know, look what they had back in the old days in the NBA when they're flying charter, they're wearing the, the, the Chuck Taylor sneakers and stuff. They're sleeping on beds that aren't Wilt, equipped for, for long players and stuff like that. Will Chamberlain was delivering flowers in the off season to make yes. ends meet. Yes. He's it, also it, banging it, it, all the women that he delivered those flowers. Exactly. Well, yes. you, know, <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta have some kind he of to get to 10,000. Just think of if he's averaging 48 minutes a game and then sleeping with all those women afterwards. That's a lot of time. Like He needed some load management. Well, he but could Tommy get it 48 it up, a night. 48 Tommy women a night. Tommy it up there in Boston by you, Mike. Then he, he ran like a, in the off season, he ran an insurance business or something. Yeah, right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, uh, Jeff wanted to talk about this. I saw this today. One of the best pitchers in the game, Walker Bueller, season-ending uh, surgery Bueller. for the Dodgers. Bueller. Anyone? Bueller, anybody, anybody, (laughs) Walker, Bueller. Um, Wow, that was such a great dad joke. I'm really happy with it. Um, Season-ending elbow surgery. He's one of the best pitchers in the game. I don't really – I haven't really noticed him this year. I haven't been following baseball that much, so I don't know how well he's been doing this year. But uh, what, what what's your take on it, Jeff? Well, my take is what we talked about earlier on this show, and that is the fact that now the Dodgers need a pitcher. And there's one on their roster who's sitting there waiting for an opportunity to come back and play. How long until Trevor Bauer's suspension goes in front of an arbitrator and gets lessened and Trevor Bauer is back in Major League Baseball? Yeah, they've just completely just ignored that and put it off the they side. They didn't need it. And a lot, a lot of the, the charges have been dropped too, right? Is yeah. There, is there is there still any cases against him in that? No, 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 no. It, are- he he's definitely in the clear from a legal perspective, but he's basically got this moratorium on him where he can't play baseball. There's no actual amount of games attached to his suspension at this point. He's just out 
as of right now. And I can't remember if it's Major League Baseball that made that decision or the Dodgers that made that decision, but there's somebody in an office right now discussing how they're going to figure out PR on bringing him back as soon as possible to make a run for the Dodgers in the playoffs. They definitely need him back um, to do anything. But, I mean, with Tatis, you know, people are making a big deal of Tatis being on. He hasn't played all year, and they're doing okay. And I, I, I think same thing with the Dodgers. They'll be okay, but would Trevor Bauer be helpful? And who knows? I mean, he hasn't played in God knows how long. How is he training? Who knows? He, you know, who knows Better, what he's like doing? A, another thing Dodgers have to deal with now is the Mets. Yeah, that's been in first place all year, pretty much without DeGrom, without Scherzer. And both of those guys have been and, and they've just they're 17. The Mets are 17 and three in their last 20 games. That's crazy. They're 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 one of the best. They, they could be the best team in baseball right now. And the way they're playing, the energy that team has got that that would be some that's going to be a, a, a division a league championship series to watch out for the, the Dodgers. And the Mets, that's going to be some bad. Well, the Braves, are I think awesome the Braves too. are more likely to make it than the Dodgers at this point. Could be, could be. Also, the Mets do have the best mascot. I wouldn't say in sports, but at least in baseball, Mister Mets, awesome. I love. They, they, have, a, they, have, a, they have a Mrs. Met now. They have yeah, Mrs. and Matt, they both yeah. play yeah. a trumpet. Yeah. Do they really? Yeah. They've been, oh, they've when been when, uh, when, D, when, D, when Diaz comes out, because <laughs> yes, that that is a pretty cool song though for for his uh, intro music coming out of the bullpen. This has to be hard for you to say. But the Mets, that's eh, well, it's. Corbett's a Yankees fan. I went to my first ever. The Mets don't. I mean, I'd rather see the Yankees do better. Obviously, not necessarily. I root for the Mets, but they don't bother. It's it's not like with like like the Red Sox and stuff like that. Bitter rivals and stuff like that. Even that now, it's sort of like just like I I I almost hate the Yankees more than some of these other teams. Just the way the the Yankees have been run since George died, pretty much. Yeah. you know, since we're on like uh, hated teams and everything like that, uh, I told Jeff I got to tell this story. and it's going to pop up right now. So I I work for a tour company where I got to dress like a knucklehead. My You have a character. My characters have been to uh, 369 colleges and never obtained a single college credit. And so I always have to wear like college gear. Like today I'm wearing a Clemson shirt and Texas shorts. I look like a, a knucklehead. Sometimes I'll have two different color shoes that are colleges and two different socks that are colleges. And so this had to have been like eight years ago. It was before Aaron Boone was the manager of the Yankees. And I'm inside the Marriott on a really hot day because I have air conditioner. And they're starting the, the four days in October, 30 for 30. And it was around when they stayed, they uh-huh. refused to play the Kurt Schilling because Kurt Schilling went full Kurt Schilling and said something crazy. And so they took away the uh-huh. thing about the bloody sock and everything out of it when they played it on ESPN. But it starts with the Aaron Boone home run. And I'm sitting in a chair watching this, and I I get so upset when that happened. I was living in Orlando. I wasn't I drunk at all. Yeah, and I literally I punched a hole in my bathroom door. <laughs> I went outside. I threw up. I was that upset. I threw up when that happened. I was so I quit my job that day at FAO Schwartz because they wouldn't let me. They wouldn't let me out early to watch the game. And I said, I don't know. I quit. I'm just not going to be here anymore. And. uh so it's still, I've never seen the ball land, never seen the ball land, but I was sitting there and I didn't have the controller, couldn't change it, see the ball land. I stand up, I'm furious. I go out to do my my tour. But when I stand up, who's standing behind me in the chair working for Sunday Night Baseball that day, but Aaron Boone. And I look at him and I was enraged and he's smiling at me. And I said, they just showed you your stupid effing home run. And he goes, it's not effing stupid. I said, it's stupid. 
and you're effing stupid. And then I walked out <laughs> and I walked out of the Marriott and you could hear Aaron Boone laughing as someone he thought probably crazy homeless man who's dressed in all these college Sounds about right. Yeah, was just chilling in the Marriott. Hey, if anybody uh, listening has any connection to Aaron Boone, we'd love to have him on the show to discuss this. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure Aaron Boone will jump at the chance to do that. But yes, it was. Uh, I hope he remembers it. It was one of the funnier moments of my life. I know that. But speaking of funny, funny moments, Corbett sent me this. It's a bar stool uh, chart, which who knows if this is scientific or oh, proven. it's scientific. I'm sure it's scientific. Yeah. The top 10 states that shower the least. One, or should we start, no, well, start with 10, 10, dude? What's wrong 10, with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you I new? Is this work. your first time? New. Yeah. Well, I think people will be more uh, interested in seeing who number 10 is. No, I think that's, they're, they're no. interested in hearing that first. Number 10 is Alabama. Wow, that's Number, uh that's yeah. dope. But let's discuss. Yeah. That's surprising okay. to me that they are that low in the top 10, Alabama. You would think that there'd be there'd be more. Just I have nothing against Alabama. I'm annoyed by their football team winning so much, but I understand that's pretty cool for them. But just the stigma attached to Alabama, I figured that they would be higher on that list. There is uh, uh Terry always told me that after Auburn Alabama to now Google it, but he said, check the news that it's at least like, I think the number was like, there's at least three murders after the Auburn Alabama game. And it's always cousins, cousins shooting cousins because <laughs> of, of them rooting this for is Auburn why, from Alabama. This is why it surprises me that they shower as much as they do. Yes. Yeah. Number, number nine is, is close to Corbett, uh, New Jersey, which does not surprise me at all. It is one big landfill. It is one big garbage dump. You yeah, got Of course, of course, New Jersey, they still can't even finish at the top of a list of anything. It's New Jersey's a big, big state too. You know, there's, there's the outside of New York city, New Jersey, and then there's the outside of Philadelphia, New Jersey. Yeah. And then there's a lot of and, other New yeah, Jersey. There, there, there's a lot of backwoods, you know, hillbillies slash deliverance type of stuff. You go in some of those. Uh, there, there is like really? I never knew that about New Jersey. You, oh you, yeah, there's. I think it's called like the Jackson Whites or something like that. There's some hillbilly family, and it's really not that far outside of New York City where these people live up in the hills and stuff. And the cops don't even go up there. Man. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Then we got number eight. We got Tennessee. Whoa, which whoa, 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 whoa. I, Nine's New what? Jersey, ten's uh, Alabama. Okay, Bama, eight yeah. is uh, eight is Tennessee, which I've driven through. It's one of the longest states. I, if you drive from east to west, you might as well be in Alaska. I think it's the longest state. It takes You've forever to drive clearly through. Clearly, never driven through Texas. Yeah, well, yes, I have actually, but yes, I was just saying I didn't realize how big Tennessee was yeah, until I drove it's through. It's long. It. It's, it's 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 uh, long and thin. In yeah. Tennessee, I I can't stand the volunteers. I We're can't still stand talking about colors. Tennessee. Yeah. yeah, I can't. I, <laughs> I Memphis, can't stand right? the colors. I can't. Memphis was nice. I like Memphis, but the only thing I knew about Memphis was uh, the first forty-eight. So I, I was, I was a little nervous about. What about Memphis. Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt, I have no. Vanderbilt has a beautiful campus. Is right outside of Nashville. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I have yeah. no. If they can they win, shower there, like, good for them. I'm sure they shower at Vanderbilt. They had a guard yeah. named Jeffrey Taylor not that long ago. So. Uh, I'm a so he fan. didn't shower. I'm sure he didn't shower. I don't know. Shout out Jay Cutler, him. right? Jay Cutler, yeah. Jay yeah. Cutler, David Price, Vanderbilt as mm. well too. Yeah. Uh, number six, which is almost no, you like skip, Alabama. You skip seven. You skip. Oh, seven. seven. Oh, yes. My bad. I'm yes. sorry. I'm not good at stuff. Seven is Indiana, which Indiana is just. There are parts of Indiana that are very nice, and there's parts of Indiana 
that I think, I mean, French let's just, Louisiana, be, or let's just be frank. It's the Alabama of the Midwest. It is. I mean, just look at, at Larry Bird when he came out of Indiana state and everyone's just like, that guy has never showered. I think ever in his life. And he was also and working on a garbage truck too, right? He was working on a garbage truck. That is true. Yeah. Working on a garbage truck with the most amazing mustache ever. The one that 12 year old just dreams of having. Number six is Mississippi, which I'm still always proud of myself for uh, spelling correctly, which I, I think it's mostly surprising that they would put Mississippi six. But as I said, I do not think this is a scientific poll no. at all. Uh, number five, Illinois. Number four, Arkansas. But number yeah. three, Corbett, we're getting yeah. to you here. We are getting to New York State. It, now it, our- it, it, it's it's a very you know New York State is a it's a it's a smorgasbord if 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 you might say, and you go upstate you have a lot of you know countryside people and stuff and then let, let, let's be honest also New York City too there's a lot of people who aren't showering there no not at all they can't afford low. to yeah that, that is that, true and, and they it, get a studio apartment for two thousand dollars a month with no bathroom so I mean that's a deal right there right. Yeah, it's it's very filthy, very awful. You know, I don't know if you know this fact or not, and I don't even know if it's a fact, but I'm going to I'm going to say it like it's a fact. But the term hick, which people refer to like rednecks sometimes as hicks, but they couldn't be more off. That is a term. The hicks, uh, uh, the hicks were a farming family in New York, and that's where that term came from. No way. Mm. Yes. I, I believe that. History's just trust. Just listen to the person talking and say, okay. Yeah. And I believe that. Yeah. You sound pretty confident. It's about a that, fact Jeff. because I said it. You said it. And you said it confidently. That's the that's the main key. Number two is Kentucky, which is no surprise. And number one, uh, Jeff, can you can you guess? I don't think you've seen this. List. We don't have can to shower here because we have water, we have beaches, we have humidity. We're showered. The moment we walk out the door, we've taken a shower. Jeff, you are wrong. It is not Florida. It is no. West Virginia. Oh, West, West by Virginia God, Virginia. One. Yeah. They didn't take a West by God shower, but they're they West did by not God, take Virginia. a West by God shower. Now, the reason now, why now, now, is this that people because they're going to try to say that they take baths and stuff like that. And even so, I guess that could be even more. Yeah, to shower just, just kind of around bad. your own filth right in the water. But OK, so this is what we're leading to is what I take, which I love taking. I will take a shower bath where I lay in the bathtub. And the I guy just, stands over you. No, no, no. There's no other. No, there's it's a no different other kind of shower. Mike, there's Mike, no. passing out drunk in the shower that doesn't. And somebody else before. turning the water on. Yeah, that is that is not. No, I will do this like on my days off when I have all day. I will turn the shower on. I will lay in the shower. I will play Candy Crush. I will listen to to the radio. I will just be on my phone. I will be. Taking as long of a shower, it will make you Matt take Damon your phone cry. in the shower. Absolutely, when I'm laying down to play yeah. Candy Crush. To play Candy Crush. I feel yeah, like it, I feel like you just said, "Oh, when I'm laying down," as if yeah. the shower water it, is contained. Well, it's not like it's not like hitting me off of my chest. It's like from my belly button down, <laughs> it hits me. Oh, I bet it does. Button, <laughs> yeah, it does. Hits me right in the sweet spot, and yeah. um. But yeah, oh, it's the most relaxing thing. Everyone always. Do you makes sit fun down when you it. pee? Uh, sometimes, yeah, yeah really, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, no, because I don't want to wipe the toilet seat. I'm, I'm, I'm a sloppy peer. Where so, he gets uh, permission to? Yep. At night, especially when I, because I, I pee probably three, four times a night because I drink so much water and beer and everything else. So I, at night, I do because I just don't want to deal with. You should get that checked with, out. 
Oh, I have. I've yeah. gotten many fingers stuck up my bum to uh, get that checked, and they always say you're fine. Stop asking. Yeah, but go to, <laughs> but go to a doctor. Go to a doctor, and not not some uh, friend. Yeah, right, and, and your not, quotes not, are not, back, and, and not Christopher <laughs> Street in New York City. <laughs> but yeah, and everyone makes fun of me for my shower baths, but it's the most relaxing, amazing thing. I scrub my bathtub at least once or twice a week, so it won't be disgusting, and. I love it. And if you guys do it, you will say, wow, Mike, you are 100% correct. Hey, Shower uh, baths are I, the way to bathe yourself. I just got a, an email from Fernando Tatis Jr. asking if you needed his ringworm medicine connection. Yes, I would love to get some of that ringworm medicine. I'm sure it worked. It worked. Absolutely. Well, Mike Corbett. This was a lot of fun. I hope to see you soon. Hopefully, yeah. uh, Central Florida is maybe playing something nearby. We can go see a great Central Florida game. What was your before Central? You went to Central Florida. Hey, you went there can, during can the, we stop this right here? And can you agree with me, Mike Corbett? The it's not Central Florida. It's UCF. No, it's UCF. Uh, UCF. But he, he, you can't finish. He's just being a wise guy. Yeah. So wise there's guy. a college of Central Florida, which is this uh, junior college, and there's is it really? UCF. Yes, the University yeah. well, of Central like, Florida. That's like UMass. People get upset. They say because there's UMass Lowell, UMass Boston, UMass this, and they'll say UMass Amherst, where it's just like no, it's that's just UMass. UMass. There's no Michigan Ann Arbor. There's no Texas at Austin. It's just UMass and UMass has marketed themselves as UMass Amherst and everyone is just like, don't do that. But I didn't I actually didn't know that about UCF, but you were there. Were you there during the Culpepper years or? Yeah, I got there a year before him. So I was there. And, and uh, I, I like to say I redshirted my sophomore year, just, you know, so I, I took five years to graduate. So I got to see all four of his years there at UCF Dante. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I went down there. I saw an AEW event this past winter and uh, or yeah. March at the new arena, which is actually I really like that arena. That's oh, yeah. I, haven't, nice. I haven't been into the new arena there yet. I've been you to the stadium and they've upgraded the stadium since the last time I've been there. By the way, I was a couple of years ago. I made it down for a, for a soccer game. I went to a, when the Orlando City was playing still at the Citrus Bowl before the. I don't call it Camping World Stadium. They, they, no, it's the Citrus Bowl. Bowl. Citrus Bowl. I, I went there when, in their inaugural season, and the renovations they did to that stadium, I couldn't believe. It was a total, oh, it's amazing. They, they just tore down the stadium in the middle and, and built it up. I mean, I went to the uh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, uh, Iowa State Camping World Bowl like right uh, before COVID. And uh, yeah, I couldn't believe like they had real seats and it was beautiful. It was yeah, actually a really I, nice stadium now. I, I feel like they were they were trying to get some form of football here and it looks like they have pulled that off because Orlando was oh. getting a, uh, what's the, yeah, what's X, X, XFL? XFL uh, take three. Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank God. He's run by the rock. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and his ex-wife too. So that's His ex-wife, him and his ex-wife are actually, they're the like most powerful movie company in in hollywood right now they run it together that's good and for them. she's a bodybuilder too she's jacked pretty interesting stuff we're learning a lot today yeah. well i want to thank you mike corbett for joining jeff and i on the michael bryan show also want to thank dante marcatelli from the uh orlando magic uh, i want to thank all of you for listening and downloading uh got a lot of good responses yeah uh, hey actually let me jump in here buddy so if you want to email us we do have an email now it's the real mob show at gmail.com the real mob mob michael bryan the real mob the show real at mob. gmail.com the and, mob squad and subscribe to the podcast uh wherever you listen apple google it's everywhere subscribe rate 
Uh, don't be. I was probably my brother or my friend Jared Larkin gave us one star. You knuckleheads. Yeah, Unless you really think that, don't do it to be a jerk. Like when I ran for hey, vice president my junior year, one all my stars friends is better than no me. stars. One star that is better true. than no stars. So that we greatly true. appreciate your one star ranking. Yeah, thank you, Jack, for the one-star rating, which I'm sure it was, Jack. Um, but, yes, thank you so much for listening. Like I said, Mike Corbett, Dante Marcatelli, of course, my friend, co-host, and, and best friend in the whole world, at least right now, because we're looking at each other, Mr. Jeff Taylor. Uh, thank you for listening to The Mike O'Brien Show. We love you all equally. Have a wonderful day. Ta-ta for now. <laughs>